In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The first rays of the rising sun were lighting the sky, but it was still dark when she went to his tomb early in the morning on the third day. She came as soon as she could. He'd been buried before sunset on Friday in some haste, close to the place where he was, where he was killed, so that his burial could be completed before the Sabbath began. No one was buried on the Sabbath, and neither did an observant Jew visit a tomb on the Sabbath, so she had to wait until it was over. It must have been the longest day for Mary. No doubt she'd endured many long days before, especially in those dark days before she met him, before he had delivered her from the demons. But nothing compared to this endless day when she waited to visit the tomb of her Savior, And now finally her vigil is at an end, and she leaves as early as she can and hurries to his tomb in the garden. And she comes around the corner, her heart beating in expectation, and she sees the stone is gone, and her heart shatters. It can only mean that her Lord has been taken from her a second time. At this time, she does not even know where he is. Wild with grief, she runs and finds Peter and John, someone has taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. They race back to the tomb, and John peers into the gloom and sees the linen cloths, and Peter rushes past him and sees, and then John is there inside the tomb with him, and they are standing, staring, wondering at the linen cloths lying neatly folded there. What could this mean? Surely this was not the work of a grave robber. No one would take the trouble to unwrap a corpse and leave the grave clothes behind. What then could it mean? Could it be? Didn't he say? They stagger out of the grave and wander back home in a reverie, marveling at what they had seen. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Saying this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom do you seek? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, Master. Through all this, John Chrysostom says, it is as if a door was being gradually opened, and she is led step by step 
to grasp the reality of his resurrection. And so it was also with the other disciples. They were raised by degrees to perceive the truth that Jesus had risen from the dead. And this was a grace and a mercy. For otherwise, it surely would have been too staggering a reality to bear. It would have left them like the guards in some paintings of the resurrection who lie scattered and contorted before the empty tomb as if they had been blasted back by a bomb. You see, the resurrection of Jesus is not the mere resuscitation of a corpse, but the eruption of a new creation, the beginning of the transformation of all things, the event that changes everything. Now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. The tomb is empty. The linen cloths are lying neatly folded. The Lord is risen indeed. The same Jesus that died and was buried has risen again, taking again his body with flesh, bones, and all things appertaining to the perfection of man's nature, as the Articles of Religion wonderfully puts it. It is the same body, for Christ still bears the wounds of his passion, but it's transformed, able to appear in locked rooms and vanish suddenly from sight. The risen body of Jesus is the same body made new, like a grain of wheat that was buried in the ground but is now grown ripe for the harvest. His resurrection is the turning point of history, the beginning of the new creation, the restoration of all things. For he says, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and hell. And again, he says, Behold, I make all things new. And so we cry this day, Alleluia, Christ is risen. We sing Alleluia today because the empty tomb speaks the promise of our full and complete redemption, the transformation of our whole selves, souls and bodies, everlasting life. He that raised up the Lord Jesus, St. Paul says, shall raise us up also by Jesus. It's a promise that will be fully realized in the general resurrection on the last day, when our corruptible bodies shall be changed and made like unto the glorious body of the risen Jesus, according to the mighty working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. And yet it is also a transformation the Lord works in us even now, in this life, in the newness of life that Christ brings. Ye are risen with Christ, says St. Paul. And he speaks of the life of Jesus being made manifest in our mortal flesh. And again, he says, as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves 
to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And again, Paul says, Ye are buried with Christ in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins, hath he quickened, made alive together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. We are people of the resurrection, people of sure and certain hope, so that in our darkest days, and even at the grave, we may sing hallelujah. This hope is the anchor for our souls. It concerns our ultimate destiny, but also our mortal lives in this uncertain world. The words of Lancelot Andrews, that great 17th century Anglican bishop and scholar, we look for the last and great Easter of all, the resurrection day. And in the meantime, he says, it's our calling to make it Easter any day in the year by living now in the new life given us in the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our epistle today sets out that vocation, our calling to make it Easter any day in the year. St. Paul writes, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. We cannot gather together this Easter day. But this does not prevent us from celebrating the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Indeed, in a way, it helps us to see even more clearly, perhaps, what it is to rightly celebrate Easter. For we make this day, and we make any day Easter day, when we lift up our hearts, when we seek those things which are above where Christ is, when we set our affections, raise our desires, fix our minds on things above, not things on earth. We make it Easter when we set our minds on the Lord Jesus when we look to him for our every need, when we place all our hope and trust in him, when we find him to be the treasure hidden in the field, the pearl of great price, when we find our rest in him, who says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. We make it Easter when we raise our hearts to find the satisfaction of our deepest desires in Christ Jesus our Lord, when we find our very life in him who died and was buried and rose again for us. St. Paul writes, seek those things that are above where Christ is. He wants to awaken and holy desire in our hearts for the Lord Jesus. He would elevate our desires, raise up our minds. 
it would seem, as C.S. Lewis says, that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, he says, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. Our Lord would have us set our minds and our desires on things above, not on things on earth. For even the most delightful things on earth are but mud pies in a slum in comparison to things above. We cannot find lasting satisfaction among things on earth. Surely this is one of the lessons to learn in this time of the virus, for it lays bare how frail and uncertain our life is. It invites us to lift up our hearts from earthly things and set our minds on things above, to desire nothing more than the love of Christ. So let us make this time and all times into Easter by seeking the Lord Jesus and lifting up our hearts to him. Let us imitate the holy desire of Mary Magdalene, who rose early on Easter morning to be near the Lord, who sought him even with tears, longing to be with him. Let us run with the apostles and stand in awe at the empty tomb, that we might know the power of the resurrection. And let us pray that he might raise us from the death of sin to newness of life. I'd like to close with lines from an Easter poem by George Herbert. Rise, heart, thy Lord is risen. Sing his praise without delays. Who takes thee by the hand that thou likewise with him mayest rise. That as his death calcined thee to dust, his life may make thee gold at much more just. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.